Hi, it's Nick Brown, Editor-in-Chief of Archives of Disease in Childhood. Welcome to the December Atoms. Lest anyone risks seducing themselves to the contrary, we should remind ourselves constantly how little, if anything, we genuinely know. Time gives us more familiarity with exposure, outcome, phenotype, pattern recognition, but do we get closer to really understanding? Two of my selection this month illustrate this beautifully. In the early 1990s, the treatment of severe malaria in areas of widespread resistance to Plasmodium falciparum was transformed by the emergence, inverted commas, of artemisin therapy. Really though, this was no more than the recognition of a feature of the Quangao herb of which Chinese physicians had been aware for centuries and which, like many other traditional remedies, was administered in a hot broth. Artemisin combination therapy, ACT in short, is the cornerstone of WHO algorithms, but with evolving resistance, alternatives will be needed before too long. There's no reason to think that artemisin, however, is alone amongst these home defervescent remedies. The delightful study by Stephen Marks and the children from Eden Primary School in North London tested this hypothesis. Children whose families came from Europe, the Middle East and the US were encouraged to bring samples of their own family's broth recipes for formal testing in vitro against asexual replication and transmission of P. falciparum against an artemisin control. The soups ranged from vegetarian to beef containing to chicken based, and none were thought to actually contain artemisin, though 10% of these showed excellent gametocyte exflagellation inhibition. In 2011, the feast study in sub-Saharan Africa reminded us of our deficits. Fluid bolus treatment in shock for so long the cornerstone of therapy was shown to cause harm to a population of children with a high malaria parasitemia and anemia prevalence. Though normal saline and the hypochloremic acidosis with which it is related has come under some scrutiny in the secondary analyses, it's still unclear why more children in the bolus groups had a higher mortality. Of course, even the feast data itself can't provide all the answers. But the study has taught us three lessons. Number one, be prepared to rethink goalposts. Shock is probably more than one entity, or even two. Two, the classic low output peripheral vasoconstrictive cold shock phenotype in, ch in children and high output vasodilatory warm shock in adults are probably too crude to explain subtle differences in response phenotypes. Extrapolating this, three, do not expect instant embrace by your entire audience. Deves' letter on the rates of change of Guidance as to the management of shock is tempered by Vice's editorial, putting the response in perspective. We really know very little, and as most algorithms alluded to are for children in high-income settings, in which we have so far no evidence of harm, the reality might be that context-specific, and in the future perhaps even child genotype-specific, guidance is the right approach. Functional neurological disorders. What happens next? One might assume, depending on biases, that those children assessed for neurological disorders which no medical explanation can be provided, the ICD in fact calls these dissociative, depersonalization, derealization and neurasthenia, get better with time. Or well, they don't. 
No one really knows, which is why Forsyth's cohort study is so welcome. Recruitment of children with FNDs began in the northeast of England in the late 1990s. Each child old enough to have potentially had contact with adult services were linked through adult mental health databases. The key early findings were of an overall incidence of 6 per 100,000, with a peak at 16 years of age. Only 23 of the child functional neurological children had adult service contact, and there were no independent symptom predictors of recurrence in their model. Assuming that case ascertainment was complete, in other words, the patients don't simply become disillusioned with time as adults and drop out, the data suggests a better outlook for child than adult onset functional neurological disorders, which tend to persist. Heyman's editorial looks at the broad picture in terms of classification, the subsets within the functional disorders, lumpers and splitters, if you will, and ultimate implications for multispoke management. Despite unique complexities in terms of donor supply, immunological factors and unpredictability, rates of cardiac transplantation in children continue to increase both worldwide and in the UK, total figures currently of 14,000 and 1,000 respectively. Reinhardt's update on what is now possible makes for compelling reading for anyone not directly involved with those children, whose underlying pathology ranges from the failing fontan to pulmonary hypertension secondary to left ventricular failure, to poor quality of life as a result of refractory arrhythmias. Children with congenital heart disease fare less well than those with acquired problems, but advances in breadth of selection means that many ABO incompatible recipients do as well as their counterparts. Bridging support in the form of mechanical circulatory support, for example ECMO and ventricular assist devices, and the new option of donation after circulatory death have opened new doors untenable even a few years ago. I want to finish with a Voices paper, a Voices from History. This relates to nutrition. A delightful paper by Baraclough and John Puntis chronicles the timeline of pivotal nutritional papers in ADC, from Barlow's Observations, issue number one, 1926, on rickets, to children with Merasmus and Quashiorkor, encountered by Cicely Williams in Ghana in the 1950s, the history of stoichiometry, and you'll need to read this yourself, to Widdison and Chancey's elaboration of the science of food quality analysis, to the evolution of specific enteral feeding in the 1980s. Perhaps surprisingly, broth isn't mentioned, but we've already learned quite a bit about this. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the whole issue on the website adc.bmj.com. Bye for now.